We just read these words, and I want to read them again. Luke chapter 2, verse 21, and it says, On the eighth day when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. They named him Jesus. Names are important. Would you agree? How many of you have a name? that people call you. Names are important. Relationships are formed around names. Uh, It's it's rather important that we understand that. I mean, for instance, um, Jim, if if I continue, uh, you know, every time I see you, Jim, to call you Jim, um, how's that relationship going to form between us, Don? Since that's not your name, Jim, your name is Don. And, and that doesn't work for someone to call you a different name. There's always going to be a disconnect. Names are important, and, and names mean something. There are often uh, a lot of meaning connected to names. I, I learned this, uh, it was actually kind of late in life, what my last name, Schwichtenberg, uh, that's, there's a reason why you don't call me Pastor Schwichtenberg, isn't there? Uh, it's too confusing, it's too long, uh, it's just, it's, yeah, we just don't go there usually. And, and those that do, I often smile and say, yeah, you're not from around here, are you? <laughs> Schwichtenberg, um, I learned this, um, I think it was not until I got to seminary, I learned that it, it means, Berg means mountain, but I always wondered, well, what Schwichten mean? And I learned it, it's mountain of justice or per- perhaps Mountain of Peace, or Peacemaker Mountain, which is kind of cool. I like that. Um, I, I hope that's what it means, because I love that. That's just a, a neat meaning for my last name, which makes it a little more bearable when we're writing it out all the time. It's, it's long. Uh, my kids uh, are finally starting to spell it right now that they're in high school. Uh, it takes a while. I, I think about how you know, a lot goes into names, and and, and if you've had a, a child in your life and, and gone through that process of naming a child, uh, there's often a reason why parents don't announce the name of a child until that child arrives. Uh, because after all, if you say, yeah, we're going to name our child this, and, and if you get a reaction like, really, are you sure you want to name that child that? And, and then there's that awkward moment like, well, yeah, that's the name we've chosen. Well, are you sure you want to name your child that? Whereas once the child is born and you announce the name, well, who's going to disagree with that, right? That's kind of important because that name is now stuck and it's been chosen and it means something. When uh, we were expecting our first child, uh, we, we uh, announced it at Christmas time to our family. Uh, we had an ultrasound taken and though she wasn't due until... Uh, May, we opened up a Christmas gift with family, and it was a picture of the ultrasound, and we had asked the uh, sonographer to write on there uh, whether it was a boy or a girl, and that we didn't know, no one in the family knew, but we opened that gift at Christmas time. It was kind of a neat surprise, and it was announced that she would be a girl, and uh, so that began the process of choosing a name over the next couple months, and Uh, My wife and I went back and forth, and of course she had been a teacher, so a lot of names, she had thoughts on different names of kids she had had in her classroom, and that's often difficult for teachers to choose names, and we we went around and around on names, and finally we came up with Abby, Grace was what we chose, and 
Abigail means father's joy, which I love that, but we weren't going to call her Abigail because after all, her last name was Schwichtenberg. You got to keep it short and sweet. So we abbreviated it to Abby and we added Grace as her middle name, Abby Grace. We love the sound of that. Uh, until later, it was actually a, a, a two spring breaks ago, she was down in Mexicali on the mission trip and introducing herself and someone pointed out to her uh, that do you realize your name means father? Abba, Abby means father. And, and they're like, that's kind of funny. Your name's father. And she's like, I've never thought of that before. And, and I, I remind her, I said, well, father's grace. Think of it that way. She's like, oh, okay, that, that's better. Okay, so that's Abby's name. Then we, we were expecting our second child. Uh, and, and she was due at the end of January. And many of you know this story. She was born on Christmas Day. Big surprise. And so we had to fast forward our name choosing on that day as she arrived. And we had been thinking about naming her after um, both my mother-in-law and my, my mom who had gone home to be with Jesus uh, back in 1991. And, and so we were thinking that through how would we put their names together. And we decided my mother-in-law's name is Kathy. But we weren't going to name her Kathy. Let's do something similar. So we named her Katie with a K because Kathy with a K, that's how she got her first name. And her middle name, my mom's first name was Opal. And so we named her Rose. <laughs> now, there's a story behind that because my mom's favorite flower was a rose. And in fact, I'll never forget this. My mom battled cancer for quite a few years before the Lord took her home. And I remember... We were, we were talking through what she wanted at her funeral, and, and this was one of those beautiful moments where she says, I want every woman, every girl at my funeral to be handed a rose at the door. And, and my dad interjected, yeah, but where are they going to put them at the luncheon? There's going to be roses all over the tables and everything. And my mom smiled and said, uh-huh, exactly. Just reminders of life and joy. And so uh, Katie Rose, that's where she gets her name. Names are important. And, and especially when they have significance and meaning. Names are important. Uh, they form a relationship with each other. And um, I, my first or second congregation I served, I got there. And, you know, people just kept kind of saying, well, do you know my name? Do you know my name? Do you know my name? And I thought, well, there's a thousand people. And I'd been there a week. And they all, all wanted to know if I had their name, name memory. I'm like, no. And they said, well, Pastor Dave, he knows everybody's name. And I'm thinking to myself, well, Pastor Dave's been here 25 years, right? It takes a while to learn names. But names are important for relationship. And we find out that our Savior was given a name. It wasn't a surprise. It was a name that had already been announced it was a name that had been foretold ahead of time. It, it was a name that even the angel announced and says, you are to name him Jesus. And the reason being because he will save his people from their sin. That name Jesus is a derivative of the Old Testament Hebrew name of Yeshua, Yeshua, Joshua. Uh, you maybe remember Joshua took over for Moses and Joshua would lead God's people into the promised land as they, they conquered that promised land and, and God worked through Joshua's life to bring about that victory. Joshua was a, a very favorite name of the Jewish people. In fact, in, in first century 
uh, Judah and, and, and Israel, and there was a, this was a time where many, many boys were named Yeshua. Uh, and a lot of times we think this was a unique name, and yet if you had walked into a gift shop of that day, you would have found many personalized coffee mugs, and you would have found many keychains that had Jesus already on them. He, this was not a new name. Like, no, this is a common name, kind of like Bob or Michael or, or, or Joseph or, or Joe. I mean, these, these would have been names that would have been recognized, and the name Jesus was kind of common, and yet it had meaning. It meant literally the Lord saves, Yahweh saves. And that name that had so much meaning in it and had so much history and promise of a day that would come when God would send one who would ultimately save his people. The meaning of that name would be fulfilled in the one who would be named Jesus. That would give name, the, the name Jesus ultimate meaning for eternity. Jesus. Now think about that. Of all the names God could have chosen for Messiah, a savior of the world, he chose Jesus. And there's a lot in that name. One of the things that I, I'm reminded of when, uh, when you just pause for a moment to realize this was a common name is the realization that God chooses a name that would have been very approachable. Uh, not your majestic, pompous, you know, Messiah. No, he calls him Jesus. Jesus, the kid next door, the, the baby of Mary and Joseph, born in a humble way to a poor family that doesn't have everything together. And yet this is the way our God chooses to come. His name says a lot about who he is. A savior who's approachable. A savior who's knowable. A, a savior who desires to have a relationship with people. People who don't have their life together. People don't, who aren't all figured out. People who aren't all perfect and, and everything nice and fancy. But rather relationship with people who struggle. People who have doubts. People who have fears or anxieties of the future. People who may have guilt or shame of their past. Regrets of maybe decisions they've made in a past year. And what could have been. A God who comes near as Bob, if you think about that. And he says, I'm here to meet you, to know you. And not only just have a relationship with you, but to have that relationship that amounts to something that goes beyond the here and the now, of a savior who would purposely and willfully go the way of death in our place. Because that's what salvation would cost. And he purposely comes near to bring that about. What an incredible gift. And a savior named Jesus. Think about all the things in this new year as we look back but also look forward. Of all the things that would make a difference in this new year that would be worth making a, a resolution over. Maybe you're already thinking it through. I, I'm resolving to maybe get more physically fit this year. Or I'm getting a resolve to eat better, be healthier. Maybe it's a, a resolve to maybe watch less TV. Maybe it's a resolve to, to focus on your family more. Maybe it's a, a, a work-related resolution to, to maybe gain greater success. Or maybe it's to work less is the resolution. Maybe it's to worry less and focus more on what really matters. You know, of all the things we could focus in on and all the relationships that would be valuable in this new year in building up, wouldn't it make sense 
that our Savior Jesus in his name, the name above all names, the name that, that our God says uh, there's a day coming when Jesus comes back in glory and on that day, every knee will bow and every tongue confess in recognition that he is Lord. And, and that is a joy for those who know him as Lord and Savior today, but that is a tragedy for those who don't when they realize that it really is true and it's too late. What would our God do in and through us in a new year? As people who have been baptized in the name of our God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, as those who bear the name of Jesus by faith, by his grace and his mercy washed over us, as a Savior who has come near in relationship to us, what would this new year look like if more and more we would bear that name of Jesus to bring hope and peace and promise to this fallen world. I just love that story. You've maybe heard me share it before. There's a mission, a soup kitchen in the inner city of, of New York. It's called the Bowery Mission. It's actually a pretty famous place. And it's a place where, where Jesus is shared regularly, but a lot of people come in off the streets who have no concept of a relationship with God. They don't know who Jesus is. Many of them come in, and not only are they poor or, or, or destitute or in broken places, a lot of times they come in with addictions, uh, alcohol, drugs, you name it, and, and they're coming in in, in in this broken condition to find help. And, and the Bowery Mission has been serving the, the inner city of, of, Detroit, of, of New York for many, many years. And years ago, there was a man by the name of Joe who came in. He was uh, addicted to drugs. He had been sleeping on the streets. He comes in. He finds a warm meal. He finds support and encouragement. Uh, they get him help for treatment. Uh, he, he finds a, uh, a clean from drugs the time that goes by that, that he finds not only uh, sobriety through his interaction with, uh, with the Bowery Mission, but he also encounters something he'd never encountered before, and that is the love of Jesus. And that love of Christ transformed Joe's life. This man was given this incredible joy from the Lord and, and an incredible desire to serve and make a difference uh, in, in small and big ways with people who were coming in off the street like he once did. As time went on, he continued to, to work and serve at the mission and uh, Joe was kind of known around the mission as, as the guy who did the things no one else wanted to do. He would often uh, be going around the, the soup kitchen, picking up everybody's dishes and washing and cleaning off everything, and, and he wasn't afraid to get his hands dirty, even to the point of being willing to, to clean the restrooms. And, and Joe was the guy who would go in there, and, and often these restrooms would get messed up in, in ways we don't even want to fathom today. And Joe would be the first one going in there to clean it all up and, and be on his hands and knees uh, scrubbing the floor and, and disinfecting the restrooms. Joe had a heart to serve and he would do it with a smile. One day, uh, one of the, the pastors had come into the, the mission chapel and he heard one of the homeless uh, guys uh, who was struggling with an addiction up at the altar kneeling there and he was calling out to God and he was, he was praying. He's like, God, make me like Joe. I desire to be like Joe. God, make me like Joe. And he was repeating that over and over again. And, and the pastor felt kind of an, a desire to uh, correct him theologically. So after this went on for several minutes where he just kept overhearing his prayer out loud, Lord, make me like Joe. I wanna be like Joe. Finally, the pastor interrupted his prayer and he says, you know, son, I, I think it might be better if you prayed this way. 
Lord, make me like Jesus. Make me like Jesus. That, that might be a better prayer. And, and the homeless man looked really confused, and he looked at the pastor. He says, well, is Jesus anything like Joe? Must be 8 o'clock. You didn't quite get that. Because <laughs> he didn't understand. Can you imagine, for people who don't know Jesus, that their encounter with Jesus in this coming year would come through their impression of you. That the name of Jesus lived over your life, whether your name be Lucy or, or Sally, whether your name be Joe, or whether your name be Mike. That the ultimate name that people come to know is Jesus. Through who our lives uh, amount to become more and more. As we spend time in his word, we spend time in his sacrament where we become less and God becomes more in our life and the life of Jesus, our Savior, the Lord who saves and the message of salvation continues to be proclaimed through our words and through our deeds into a new year. What a gift that becomes not only to our families, our friends and our neighbors and co-workers and our people we've never met before. But what a gift it becomes for us too. To celebrate life in Christ. In the name above all names. The name of Jesus. May it be so in his name. Amen.